0: Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grombacher and the time is right. Welcome today's guest, the strong and powerful Steve Beely. Steve, are you ready to do this? Absolutely. Excellent. Let's do this. Steve is a CFP, an APMA, and the author of Financial Success Starts Now, The Young Person's Guide to Money in America. I'm excited to have you on. Steve, tell us a little bit
1: about your personal life, some more about your work, and why it is you do what you do. Sure. Great. Thank you, George. Thank you for having me on. A little bit about me personally. Uh, I live and work in the San Francisco Bay Area. I've been married to my wife, Chandy, for a little over three years. Um, I'm a California native, lived here my entire life. I enjoy music. I play music. I like listening to music. I enjoy cooking, being outdoors, and um, really From a professional standpoint, when I was pretty fresh out of college, I wanted to learn about personal finance really selfishly for myself, you know, as I was embarking on my uh, career and starting to make money and make some decisions, I realized I need to know this stuff. And I thought, what better way to learn about personal finance than to work in the industry. So I had the opportunity to uh, work with an advisor, kind of work under him for a few years, and, and that's really where I spent the last 11 years growing my career in that profession. And so my my day job, so to speak, is acting as a personal advisor to individuals and families, helping them make financial and life decisions. And I'm a CFP practitioner, so that's Certified Financial Planner. but. Uh, The reason I was eager to come onto your show is to talk about the book that I published last year. It's called Financial Success Starts Now, The Young Person's Guide to Money in America. And my my inspiration in writing that book came really out of a lot of conversations I've had with people who, and I'm sure you've heard this too, who would say things like, "Gosh, I wish I knew that when I was younger," or "I wish I would have started sooner," or, and then also what I get a lot uh, for people I know who have kids is, "I wish there was something to teach my kids about money." And so that's the was really the direction I wanted to go with this book. I wanted it to be concise. Easy to understand, uh, something that younger people, maybe the younger demographic, could relate to. Uh, I'm, you know, someone maybe 16 to 30, or potentially 30 plus, depending on on you know kind of where you're at and how established you are financially. And I wanted it to be kind of a, a guidebook. To areas of your personal finance, so you know not just education on how this stuff works, but also how to think about it as you're going through life and making decisions. And uh, ideally, something you could reference throughout uh, your life as you're as you're deciding things like buying car insurance or setting up your four hundred one k plan or Roth or pre tax or you know just all those decisions. I wanted to be concise enough to where you feel like you can kind of flip back forth and go through it. Um, and really, as I was writing it, I kept telling myself. Write this as if I'm writing it to myself when I was 18, you know, kind of writing it to my 18 year old self. And, and I got to tell you, I wish I would have had this book when I was younger. Uh, and that's, uh, that's a little bit about me and in, in the book and, and my background. I think that that's awesome. And, uh, all too often with so much available
0: financial information, it's not always really practical and easy to use and put into uh, put into practice. So I'm glad to hear that that is sort of the attitude and the approach that you took in writing it. So if,
1: if you don't yeah, mind absolutely. me asking,
0: I mean it can take some people an entire lifetime to write a book. How, about how long did it take you?
1: You know, so I – I like writing and, uh, you know, I have to tell people, and, and this is a fairly short book. I didn't want it to be anything, you know, some 600 page thing that you're just never going to even get through. I wanted it to be concise. Um, and so I tell people, I if, if I didn't have a day job, I probably could have written this in about two weeks, but it actually took me a closer to two years because it was, you know, maybe a little bit on the weekend, a little bit, uh, uh, you know, after work some nights. So it was kind of a, it was a slow process. And then the... Uh, getting it actually published, so I self-published, that process was uh, was painstaking as well. Just so many details to go through that you wouldn't think about. So it took me about two years um, to write it. But like I said, I, if it's all I had to do, I probably could have sat down and written it in, uh, in a few weeks. Got it. Okay, great. I appreciate you sharing that.
0: So, I mean, it's – what's uh, – I'm sure that uh, – I'm just curious. Break down the book for us a little bit. Does it go – just
1: t- tell me, if I were to pick it up and read it, how, how would it flow? Yeah, yeah, thanks, thanks for that. So uh, it really, you know, it, it starts out just laying the groundwork. Hey, why does this stuff matter? Why is money important? And um, but the bulk of the book really goes through all the areas of your personal finances so that would be uh starting out with cash flow which i think is probably the most important aspect of financial planning and personal finances uh then it kind of goes through really all like i said all the different areas of your finances uh you know net your net worth how to understand what that is why it's important uh debt investments Taxes, insurance, all the all the cornerstones really of financial planning. It just kind of flows through those sections, and the idea too is to see how they interrelate with each other. So, for instance, starting with cash flow, if you have a cash flow deficit, really the only way to address that is by going into debt. And you know, in the next chapters, we talk about debt and how debt structured. So, um, it, it's it, it's really just flows through all, all the Cornerstone areas of personal financial planning in in trying to be a concise uh, education for someone to understand those areas. Got it. I like it. All right. So
0: in your experience, you you've, you've been at this a while, and I know that when you sit down and write about things, and then you start teaching them, that's really when things have a have a tendency to to really crystallize. Um, what what's an area that you think? biggest opportunity for people to improve upon that would give them the greatest outcome.
1: Yeah. And and especially since this book is focused more on the younger demographic. And, and although I will say this applies to people all across the spectrum, I, I think that the single most critical element of your financial success over your lifetime is going to be how you manage your cash flow. And and quite simply cash flow is money coming in and money going out. And you know, I say in, in the book that getting a handle on your cash flow and having a surplus, meaning more coming in than is going out, allows you to own your future instead of borrowing against your future by by going into debt. And if you look at the two components of that, I mean. What can you do, right? Especially early on, you can do things to maximize your earnings. Whether that's if uh, getting a good education, getting into a career that's going to provide the you know the kind of earnings potential that you need to meet your goals, without sacrificing your personal values or your interests, or going into something that you maybe wouldn't feel good about because you're going to spend your life doing that. So I think keeping that in mind is important too. Uh, and then, you know, I think some of the one of the bigger challenges for people is understanding your expenses, so knowing where your money's going, should it be going there, and, and really having a handle on that. And my biggest tip there would be, it's not about buying more things than the next guy, it's about keeping more of what you earn. And a lot of time, society and advertisers and the media really focus on material possessions as that being the definition of success, where in reality, a lot of times I see people who who focus on those material possessions, um, end up getting bogged down in that, maybe spending more than they have coming in and really don't have the freedom and the flexibility to be able to do what they want in life. They might have nice things, but they don't really have the the freedom to enjoy those things because they're kind of tied down to them from a financial perspective.
0: Yeah, that can be, that's such an easy thing for people to do pretty mindlessly. They sort of I think that young people, particularly, and people of all ages, can certainly fall into the trap of buying a house that's too expensive or buying a car that's too expensive, and those those two things really will put a damper on their ability to to manage the cash flow.
1: Absolutely, yeah. It's it's more you know think more about financial security rather than um, rather than defining success through through the material goods that you own. And that's easier said than done, certainly. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Money's a lot easier to spend than it is to make. I find.
0: So, and especially you you, you live in the Bay Area, I think, and that's mm-hmm. certainly when you're living in an area where where rents are very, very expensive and the cost of living is is very high. It's so important to be mindful, which I assume is why a lot of the folks you talk to said, "Gosh, I really wish that I would have uh, known this stuff when I was younger."
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And it, it's a challenge, you know, and in, in housing markets like the Bay Area, it's very common for uh, especially the younger demographic to feel a little bit, um, uh, a little hopeless when it comes to being able to do something like buy a house. Mm-hmm.
0: Do you find that uh, I think that the first step is probably just awareness? You, you, you put this information in front of a young person and then we all know that you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. But any thoughts on on getting through to people more so than just yeah, I
1: get it. But yep, yeah, and I think you know the important thing there is to know is to really know what's at stake and and why does it matter? Because uh, when you just feel sort of sort of hopeless or or like there's um, you know. Uh, no real end game to doing any of this. Like you said, yeah, it's great to learn something, but without the motivation to put it into action, uh, it, it it really doesn't do any good. And I think you know the, the key here is to put some of these things into action and not be overwhelmed by it, but just take some incremental steps to to improve your situation. It is not gonna happen overnight, but just know that uh, any incremental step you take is going to be an improvement over where you're at now.
0: And I think that that's such a big key is that real and lasting change is going to take place incrementally. Um, and especially when you're dealing with a young person that maybe doesn't have a ton of money to be saving, just getting the right habits is is a pretty mm-hmm. important thing.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely.
0: So now since we all again, we, we intellectually get it, I need to be saving money and so now that I'm aware of that having a better appreciation for what's at stake and getting started and creating good habits. Now, why do you think that, or what, what conversations do you think that people are avoiding having that's keeping them from doing these things?
1: You know, I, I, I think everyone's situation's different, right? So everyone's going to have, um, uh, different issues going on, so it, it, it's hard to say. And I think when it comes to conversations that that people avoid, I think you know it, it, a couple of things. A lot of times, people avoid talking about mistakes they've made. And a lot of times people are, what I find, much more willing to share with you successes they had. You know, maybe a stock they bought that doubled in value or, uh, you know, something like that. But they're not going to tell you about the 10 they bought that uh, maybe lost 25%, right? So people have a tendency to kind of boast about their successes and not talk about their failures. And I think part of that has to do with... The, the way money and psychology and emotions are all intertwined to our kind of sense of pride and ego and, and success often in society is defined as uh, you know, really in, in financial terms. And so I think for that reason, people don't want to talk about the mistakes they've made. And we're sort of losing something there by not being able to, uh, to learn from each other in terms of uh, understanding where, where other people may have had challenges or obstacles or made a mistake and, and learned from it. Uh, if we don't talk about it, then we're not helping other people learn from that too. So I think that's one thing people avoid. And, and also I think people avoid talking about things that could go wrong. People don't like thinking about What if I lose my job? What if I have a serious medical condition? What if I pass away? Would my family be taken care of? What if I was disabled? How would I be able to get by financially if I couldn't earn an income? So a lot of financial planning isn't so much about investing and, and, you know, saving on taxes and all these things that people think of. A lot of it's just about Understanding that there's uncertainty in life, and preparing for that, and the only way to prepare for that is to is to talk about it and and, and think about it, and acknowledge that hey, things could go wrong. What, what can I do to make myself a little bit more prepared than uh, than I might otherwise be?
0: Yeah, so much of that stuff is abstract, and statistics oftentimes, I think, we think, well, that's those are for other people. Statistics aren't really going to apply to me; they're going to apply to yeah. everybody else, but which is stupid. Um, And I also think that, I I think that you're right. I think that we are embarrassed and we're ashamed of the mistakes we've made because we've all made mistakes and probably stupid ones. But the reality is that everybody's made them. And whenever we see somebody who is vulnerable and sharing, that's how we really make connections to people. And we don't shame them once they share information with us or stories about their personal struggles. It's, it probably draws us closer to them. Yeah, absolutely. I would agree hundred percent. So hopefully, hopefully that's something that, that, that we can continue to, and hopefully something that, that your work and, and your book helps people to, to be able to be more open and to start having more of these kinds of conversations.
1: Yeah. And I find, you know, a lot of times people just don't, they don't even, some of these issues don't even really cross their mind. And so I think just at least bringing those up kind of these hey what if this happens what if that happens it at least gets the thought process going if nothing else. Mhm. Got it. So
0: having these conversations getting the thought process started what would what is your best advice to a young person? Let's say that we did get a hold of that 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 perfect young person maybe they're In college or just graduating what you uh, tell me
1: what would that scenario look like and what what would you want that person to know yeah I think you know and this of course is high level uh, without you know getting into the weeds just keeping it 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 general but uh, as as we just talked about I think getting real about the things that could go wrong in life that's important um, but I think it's also important and this maybe applies even more to to a young person starting out in life is talking about your goals, and, and maybe writing those down, and, and think about the things that you want to have happen in your life, and that's, back to what we talked about earlier, that's gonna provide some of that motivation to start pushing things in that direction, whether it's you wanna earn more, you wanna own a home, you wanna retire someday, you wanna get your debt paid off, I mean, think just start thinking about what are your goals, set those goals, write them down, and this is really important, create some milestones towards reaching those goals. So that way you can track your progress over time and it doesn't seem like such a a daunting task to go from zero to 60, it's, you know, maybe if I go from zero to five, hey, I'm at least part way there. Just one example, if you don't have a cash reserve or an emergency fund in place, but you know that you should uh, intellectually, you know know that's the smart thing to do, and you know you probably should have maybe $25,000 set aside in your savings account, when you're at zero, that can be pretty daunting. So set some smaller targets, you know, maybe say, okay, by the end of the year, I want to have 5,000 socked away. That way you see your progress and it doesn't feel so daunting and you could kind of pat yourself on the back and just and keep it going. Keep, keep the good thing going and keep pushing it in that direction. Uh, and I, I do write in my book, it's life's not about or success isn't about reaching a goal. It's about pushing things in a positive direction. And I think if you keep that in mind, it makes it feel a lot more doable.
0: I definitely agree and if we can get people to be thinking about and writing down and revisiting goals, what a wonderful gift that is. So.
1: Yep. Yep. Absolutely.
0: Well, Steve, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them?
1: Great. Well, as I said earlier, uh, just, just a second ago, success is not defined by reaching a goal. It's defined by pushing your life in a positive direction. And that's more of a state of mind than than an end target. And success means different things to different people. And and by the time a successful person has reached a goal, they've usually already moved on to what they want next. So again, it's not about reaching that end goal. It's about continuing to push things in that positive direction. So my difference making tip would be to think of one or two or three things in your life that you would like to make a change in and just start to push it in that direction one example could be you feel like you have an insurmountable amount of credit card debt and it's just weighing you down and keeping you up at night and just using this as an example you you might feel kind of hopeless and stuck but if you can make some progress no matter how small that's still progress and that starts to feed on itself so if you pay down just just one dollar of that debt and being extreme here but just one dollar of that debt that's one less dollar that's accruing interest and then that's you know that means that's more dollars in your pocket in the long run so Keep doing that, keep the momentum going forward. I mean, if you don't, if you just keep making the minimum payments and, and uh, you know letting the interest accrue, it's, it's not gonna resolve the problem. And that might mean you need to set a budget, control your spending, maybe you need to earn some more money, get a side job, Wh- whatever it is, you're gonna look at what changes do I need to make to make this happen, but start making those changes, whether it's small, incremental, and you'll start to see some progress in that in and of itself, I think you could say, is a success, making progress uh, along the way. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on.
0: So thank you for that. And Steve, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you?
1: Well, you can go to my website. If you want to learn more about my book, uh, That's y.com. Again, SteveBeely.com. I've got information on my book there, and you could just Google me, Steve Beely CFP. You'll you'll uh, you know find my my various websites there, um, and you could reach out to me through SteveBeely.com as well. Excellent. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this
0: as much as I did, show Steve your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. Go to SteveBeely.com, check out all the good stuff on there, and get a copy of his book as well. Thank you again, Steve.